same yesterday, today, and forever, he remains the same. Turn to the person standing next to you and welcome that individual in the name of the Most High God this morning. Hallelujah. Just say to that person in the presence of God, say to that individual in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You are in the presence of God this morning. You are not in the presence of man. And so you receive the blessings that come from the throne of grace. Praise the Lord. Let's be seated. Hallelujah. Our God is good. God has been good to us. Much more than we can ever hope to ask or think. He's been faithful. And we thank God for his faithfulness. It's amazing that we are almost, um, what percentage, 10% of the year already gone, if you calculate it that way. And this is the month of February. Yes? And the date is 7th. Am I correct? Okay. And this is a season of God's power. An apostle has been teaching us about. What's the apostle been teaching us about? What's been the teachings? Help. I won't report us to apostle. Because I'm not getting a feedback or a response now. Divine encounters. So that's what we've been focusing on. Especially the disciples know that over the, this, this, how many days left of the 30 days, we're getting nearer to it. But we've been looking at God's divine encounters. And on Wednesday, for those of us who were at the cathedral, we would recognize the apostle tells us a few things about the characteristics, the characteristics, tongue twister now, of those, of those individuals that encountered God. So let's do a bit of revision for those who were there. You didn't expect me to do that, did you? You said, I thought, Apostle is not here. There's no revision today. Hallelujah. So Apostle taught us three characteristics of those, of the individuals that encountered God. What was number one? Uh, That's a person. I'm talking of illustration. What was the characteristics? Prayer. Praise the Lord. Now, you see, you, you see, it's very important. That's the difference between scoring 100% and scoring zero. Very, very simple. You've got the illustration, the example, right, but not the key theme. So he said, when Daniel learned, he, he did what? He prayed. And one of the key characteristics of individuals that encountered God is a prayer life. We need to have what sort of prayer life? A consistent prayer life. That's the choice of word the apostle used on Wednesday. Consistent prayer life. We don't, for those who know, there was a, there used to be something called Daraprim. I've dialed a few people's numbers, isn't it? It's Sunday, Sunday. So we're not talking about having been living a life of being a submarine Christian. Submarine Christians is that terminology for Christians that on Sundays they surface and during the week they go under. And then on Sunday they surface again. And that's when they lift up the Bible and then there's a lot of dust coming out of the Bible because uh, it's been covered by the week's dust. 
We're talking about consistency, and it's important to be consistent. It's a, it, it's a recipe for success. Consistency. I can assure you, if you're a student, and those of us who are still students, although we're going from one phase to the other, we've just finished one, we're going into another, consistency matters. There is like the law of the farm. The farmer is consistent about when to sow so as to ensure that he gets the harvest in the right season. It is not good enough for the student to try to revise three weeks before exams. It's called cramming. And when you cram, you pour out, the likelihood that you pass is, but per adventure you do, you don't retain anything. And those are the sort of individuals that will go out and you would ask them, oh, you've just got 60%, you've just got 50%, and you ask them questions about what they've studied, and they can't tell you because all they did was in, out. It did become a part of them. So the idea is, as I always say, and I learned this the hard way, praise the Lord, learned it, so talking from experience now, as a student, you revise on a daily basis. Bit by bit, it becomes a part of you. In prayer, consistent prayer life matters. It's not when we've got challenges in life. We need to live a life of prayer. Daniel knelt down three times daily, at least. That's what was recorded. A minimum of three times daily. Possibly more, but a minimum three times daily. He was kneeling down and he was opening his windows towards heaven. He was looking at Jerusalem because at the time it was felt that that's where the source of power is. That's where God is. You know, it was a, it was a focus. Some of us need a place in our homes where we can focus. Or you call out. Some people have the benefit of saying, look, that's that part of, the, of my life. That's my focus. I'm not saying create an altar there. Okay, we don't want to put images on altars. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying you could have a quiet time. There's a place where where God may be found because it's your own quiet place, your own quiet time. So the first thing was consistent prayer life. What was number two? Someone's doing exactly what I said not to do a few minutes ago. Yeah, the word, the word. Do what with the word? Study the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's what God said to Joshua. Well, Apostle used the illustration from Jeremiah. Said, what, what happened to Jeremiah? Anyone confident enough to say it properly? Sorry? The Lord put his word in his mouth. And then he consistently started to speak the word of God. So the Lord reached out. And I was in Jeremiah 1.6, isn't it? Or 9, actually. 9 was the key one. The Lord touched his mouth. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said, I have put my words in your mouth. So for the individual that encounters God, consistent prayer life and a man of the word, a woman of the word. Now, Pardon me, I might use the word man from time to time. It's a generic term, man. Not, I'm not being sexist. Okay? Is that okay? <laughs> Let's play safe now. But you, that, that's the generic term man. So it's, it's 
consistent prayer life and studying the word. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. It's what you've put in there that comes out. I always use this example. The real you, to those that drive and you've got children, the real you is the you that comes out when someone cuts you up in traffic. That's where everyone knows what's in you. Some of us will go, not us, as per excluding me, will go swearing. Yeah, because out of the abundance of the heart. Because it's who you mix with. Show me your friends and I can... Because some people say, oops, they swear in front of you. They say, oops, sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it's what's been fed in. The amount of time that is spent on the the programs as well. Which ones do you watch on telly? Uh, they used to be friends, home and away, uh, neighbors. Which one? Remind me, EastEnders. Oh, okay, I know. Go on. And what's the latest series? Some people know exactly what the storyline and the plot is of every... In fact, there are some arguments that arise about what would happen next. And you sit down in the offices and you're thinking, what planet are they living on? <laughs> and some people live it and they believe it so much they forget it's a soap. Is it, is it soap that they call it? They forget people are just out there acting. A few years ago, I think almost... 15, 20 years ago, I understand there was this, there was, there used to be this series called JR. Okay, I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dialing numbers now. (laughs) But the strange thing was that there was this man who was playing a character. The character he played in that series was such a vile character that everybody in real life now started to hate him. So much so that there was a plot in the drama where they were meant to put in blank bullets. They put in a real bullet to kill him. People actually started to dislike him because he was playing a part. People began to believe a lie. Okay. And people would actually walk up to him in a restaurant and kind of like have a go. (laughs) He was only playing a part. But that's how people get into it. And that's how to the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak. What was number three that Apostle tells us to do? To minister to the Lord. And what was the illustration, what was the example? The, the, the boy Samuel. And Eli as well. Eli as well. So three things. And as we do this, what did the apostles say would happen? We would begin to encounter God as individuals. So to have encounters with God in this season, to have a season of encounters, we need to have a consistent prayer life. We need to study the word and we need to minister to God. Ministering to God in different formats, in different ways. When we spend time this morning worshipping A few of us were lost and ministering. Some others were watching, wondering what's happening. I always say, don't be a spectator in the house of the Lord. Be a participant. If you watch football a lot, you would know that there are a number of spectators. It's always amazing. There are more spectators than there are participants. And the spectators take it to heart so much so 
that they know who, that Leicester has uh, beaten Manchester City and has done this. And any Leicester fans around? I'm sure they would have won some new friends now. Are, are people still believing it's impossible? With God, nothing is impossible. I'm not a Leicester fan, though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Nothing is impossible. Actually, you don't get too much into it. Because those guys, they play, others kill themselves. They play, they defeat each other, and they go out together for a meal. And there are others who are not eating that night because one team they support lost. Sorry, you've missed it. <laughs> Put your focus on the right and minister unto the Lord. Be a participant in the house of God rather than a spectator. This morning we want to look at three young men and we just want to see their own encounter with God. Just as an illustration, and then we'll take it home and then we'll go back home and we'll see what did we learn from this this morning. So we'll turn our Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 3. We know these accounts so, 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 so well. In the book of Daniel chapter 3, there are these three young captives. Well, they were no longer captives at this stage because if we recall, in the book of Daniel chapter 1, they had so much committed themselves to learning. God had given them wisdom. And they had come to a place by, the, by Daniel chapter 2. Apostle was teaching us this um, about last week when he was talk, talking to us about the fact that King Nebuchadnezzar said he had a dream. And when King Nebuchadnezzar had that dream, he said, look, you wise men, you magicians, you astrologers, you tell me my dream and then I'll know you know the meaning of it. You remember Apostle was teaching us that? When, when was he teaching us this? Oh, check your notes. It was on, was it on Tuesday? Was it on Monday? That was before that. It was before that. But it was within the last couple of weeks. Okay. Go back and study. I believe he was he, he was illustrating on it big time on the Friday on on the Friday of the comers. Then we carried on on Monday, and that was before the service started. Before the service started, he started to minister. So it's important that whenever you're not in church or you miss a part of it, begin to revise. But he was talking to us then about the fact that King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he said, "Look, tell me my dream, and then I'll know you can tell me the meaning." Daniel was approached and he said, look, give me some time. And he went off and he spent time with God and he went to his company. He went to his own company. He went to his own company. He went to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He said, guys, he didn't call them guys, but I said. <laughs> just let's be clear. Before someone quotes and said, pastor said, he said, guys, no, he didn't. You understand what I'm talking about. It's modern speak now. But he said, hey, he probably didn't even use A. He just said, come, let's pray. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, come, let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. And he did. They did, and the Lord revealed, and then they were made administrators. So Nebuchadnezzar had, had an encounter. He had noticed that he had recognized a living God. But in chapter 3, this man 
King Nebuchadnezzar decided he wanted to set up an image of gold. Surprise, surprise. That was what his dream was about. An image. And perhaps he just forgot. He, his mind went on leave. He forgot about the living God. And suddenly, very, very quickly, how the hearts of men could turn. So he set up this image. And it was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. For those who want to have an indication of what 90 feet is, that's probably about um, 10, 15, 15 times my height. That's interesting, isn't it? And uh, it's strange, though, because it was then 9 feet wide, which is a bit odd as well, because that's only about one and a half of my... So it's it's not... It was no more, no wider than kind of like that, but it was... Massive, tall. So there must have been some construction. Maybe Pastor Ajay will tell us what these structures were within the the engineer. Which other engineers were here? It was it was an it was an engineering feat? It was actually an engineering feat at its time. I don't know if they had scaffolding, but they must have put some scaffold. They must have created in some way. But they created because it could have blown by the wind. But it didn't. It must have had a foundation as well. For anything that is going to be 90 feet high, it must be solid and deep. So they would have first dug deep. So this thing was standing there in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon, where you could see, whichever way you looked. He wanted to ensure that you could see. But what was the purpose of this? The purpose of it was simple. He wanted everyone in all nations to bow down. To an image of gold. So that's where we carry on the story. So if we go on to around about halfway through, I've just given a quick brief and illustration. Of, let's go to chapter verse 13, I believe. Am I right? Verse 13. Oh, before that, let's, let's see what happened before this. Um, 7. Verse 7. Okay. So the, the instruction was, therefore, as soon as people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lair, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language, they all fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Verse 8, please. Then at this time, some astrologers came. There will always be people who are watching out to see whether or not you conform. So be on the lookout. As a Christian, if you say you're a Christian and people in your office place, your workers, your, co- your colleagues, your neighbors, if you say you're a Christian, they're watching you like a book. Because the day you make the mistake, they say, well, you said you're a Christian. Ah. Especially when they want something from you. you say, oh, but you can do this. But you said you're a Christian because they're not to in that sort of instance they want you to go the extra mile but at the same time there's a positive side of it because if you've been witnessing to your neighbor and each time there's a dustbin day you always have a fight over the position of the bins I don't know why I keep coming to this but it's one of those tiny petty things that creates unnecessary quarrel between neighbors it's so petty and if you think about it you think oh you packed on my side of the road you packed on this verge you packed help life's too short Focus on other things. 
Okay, so what? They've done it yesterday. They did it yesterday. They did it yesterday, the day before. They did it the day before. They did the day. Maybe the Lord is helping you to grow in patience and long suffering. Just take it. If your neighbor likes parking there, right there in front of your own, park somewhere else. But that's the front of, don't worry, you pack somewhere. So, in fact, say hello to him and say, hi, how are you? I noticed you like parking here. Use that one as a form of ministration. Because they might be doing, some people do some certain things to annoy you. And you don't want to fall into the trap. Don't get yourself set up. I don't know why I've gone in that direction this morning. But it's possible that some people are setting you up and you allow yourself to get sucked in. And you get so annoyed. And you can't pray. And you come to church and you think, oh, that. And you get, you can't, when we say witness to your neighbor, you're finding it difficult to say hello because you know what you've said to them and they know what you've said to them as well. So you can't mix that with being a Christian. And you've ruined your testimony over things that don't matter. Let's watch it. Well, so they came and they, they, they decided to tell Nebuchadnezzar. Here they said to Nebuchadnezzar, look, there are some Jews. There's some people of captivity. They're slaves. Remember, King Nebuchadnezzar. These are captives. Don't forget the captives they're talking about. They, were, they had been made administrators. So they, they disliked the fact that they had been made administrators. So they were ruling captives, people who are their captives who are now ruling over them. They were leading them. So they were watching out to see what they would do when King Nebuchadnezzar set up the image. Verse 9. They said to Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Let's read on. Just skip. It says, You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So they had been looking out for an opportunity to confront them. I don't know what it's like at your place of work. I don't know what it's like. People might be looking out for an opportunity to set you up. But you have to stay faithful. You have to stay faithful. So furious with rage. And when the king is furious with rage, he is furious with rage. So he summoned this young man, and I don't know if they were still young at this stage, but this man. Someone Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men were brought before the king. I kept wondering, where was Daniel? You were thinking about that as well. You know, if you, Daniel was closer to the king. So there are times they start from the lower ones. Because they might have found it very difficult to start off with Daniel. So they start off, they were walking their way up. Because if they get those ones, they know they will get, they will set. And well, you know there was another account with Daniel anyway, but that's different. And Nebuchadnezzar said, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Verse 
15. Now, he was giving them an opportunity. They can't be true. Let's, even if it was true, this was, he was giving them a way out. He was trying to give them a way out here. Obviously, somewhere along the lines, he was trying to say, just, no, they can't be true. They're accusing you falsely. You couldn't do this. He was furious, but yet, he was trying to give them a way out. It says, now when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into the burning furnace. Then what God? Now, this is worrying. This, the, the reason this is worrying is that there seems to be a recollection somewhere in Nebuchadnezzar's mind that God had done something remarkable just before that. That's why he appointed them as administrators. But he said, actually, in this instance, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So he was throwing a challenge. Hey, David had the same challenge when the children of Israel were confronted by one giant. I don't know what it is about these tall giants and images called Goliath. Because he kept on calling them the son, the servants of Saul. And David came and said, you're not defiling. how How can you defile the armies of the living God? So Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But just in case, peradventure, our God decides that in this circumstance, this situation, I don't want to save Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let it be known to you, O King, that even if our God does not, we will not serve the gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. That is almost like final. We are ready to die for what we believe in. Actually, not just for what we believe in, in whom we have confidence. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 1, but this is what the Lord says, who created you, who, he who formed you. Do not fear, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. I am certain that this young man had read that part of the prophecy. And they knew what was theirs and the position they had in God. So when they said, our God is able to, he's able to rescue us. But peradventure, if he chooses not to. So the king was very furious and just decided then that, okay, with this, is that to change and he ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. 
and commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to throw them into the burning furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Please make a note of that. They were wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans, and other clothes. I wonder what the other clothes were. They were wearing lots of clothes. Because they were administrators, they must be prominent people. So they, they were, they were, and they, they, they were bound. They, they, they bound them. And then they were thrown into the burning furnace. But look at verse 22. The king's command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers. Ah. I'm sure if you go further in that book of Isaiah that we read, 43 verse 4 says that because I love you, I'll give people in exchange for you. God says because he loves you, he will give people in exchange. So there were people who are there who are meant to be carrying them in and they were already given in exchange. But that's not where the whole interesting bit lies now. If you then go to the next verse, we're back in Daniel. Sorry, I'm jumping in between, aren't I? And these men, three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. That's God's divine encounter. God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. God showed up. They had a divine encounter with God that men could see because they remained faithful. It was clear they were men of prayer. It was clear they were men of the word. It was clear they were ministering unto God. Why do I know that? Because they said, O king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Because they knew the word of God. They said, they, they, they knew we cannot pray to any other gods but Almighty God, the living God. So there were people of prayer. We know that. We know that illustration. There were people who had been faithful in little. Because when you are faithful in little, you can be faithful in much. How do I know they've been faithful in little? They were faithful in giving up food, luxury. In chapter 1 of Daniel. That's little. It wasn't much for them to do. But because they had exhibited their faithfulness in th- doing things like that, when it came to their own lives, they were not careful, they said. We don't have to answer you. So when we can see an illustration of people here who have divine encounters in the midst of trouble, God says, he will show up. I'll be with you. When you walk through the fire, I'll be there. And I, 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 I'm certain that Nebuchadnezzar was looking there and was thinking, what's going on here? The fourth man that we can see, he saw an angel. He saw Jesus. Jesus, saw, Jesus came up and stood. The Son of God came up himself and stood in their midst. 
And they were walking around. What were they doing? Unbound and unharmed. The only thing the fire caught was the bound, the bonds. The ropes were the only thing that were burnt off. Because when you are faithful, when you stand, you will have divine encounters. And the divine encounter you have with God will create all forms of bondages to be broken. You want to experience freedom? It's not a case of we want to have uh, deliverance and bondage, break this curse, break that curse. Break. Enough of breaking of curses that have, been un- that have remained unbroken. And people keep saying, come and pay this one. You want to break, that, break this curse, break that curse, break uh, intergenerational. If a man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. And there are some people out there who keep deceiving others for their own personal gain. And there are others who we, we allow ourselves because of, there would always be challenges. You know, it's always interesting. This, this is the most interesting bit. There would always be those who would be out there. I think we were, we were, when we, were, when we went off to, to, um, Nigeria in, uh, for past, um, um, Mama, um, Aino's funeral in Lagos. I just came across this. I came across this, this ministry. The ministry was about something about breaking curses over husbands. And there was this ministry that I just saw. It was not too far from the church. The, 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 and I, and I had to, I asked Pastor Dak, I said, don't tell me people go here. I said, ah, Pastor, don't worry. There's always a long queue. Of people whose the ministry there is about look, there would always be challenges in marriages. It depends on how you handle it. And when I say challenges, I'm not saying every home you have a fight. I don't fight with my wife. We don't have fights. We don't have quarrels. Well, the, the children are here. They would, they would, if I was lying, they would quickly say, "Ah, oh, but daddy." Uh-huh. We, we don't. That's because you put it in, you put your, from the word go, the relationship was based on the word of God. There's no, no, no reason for it. And if you think about it, when, it, what things create the, them petty. Things that do not, don't matter. I, I once heard, I once read of an account of a, of a man and a woman, this, I don't know if it was a joke, but they apparently, the woman was there, she was saying, oh, he hasn't spoken to me, he hasn't done this yet. And she was there playing in her mind and thinking, what have I done? He has stopped eating the house. He's able, but she spent about one hour lying awake in bed. And then he kept on hissing and turning around and then said, darling, what's wrong? He said, don't mind that Asenwenga. Why did he sell Van Persie to Manchester United? She had gone up the ladder of inference. She had assumed there was something that she did and did not do. One food, he didn't like it. Is he eating out elsewhere? This man was just consumed by the god of leather. So at times, things that don't matter. To start with, he has created a problem by focusing on things. They are saying, when guy is sleeping in bed quietly, he has, they've collected their money for Vampassi. And she's also there. They were there. 
Praise the Lord. So Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most Who told him they were servants of the Most High? He had already had an encounter. In chapter 2 there, he knew they served the Most High God. Something stirred up within him. And he wanted to test in whom they had believed. And they did not fail. They didn't say, oh, just this once, God. You know, you understand. God understands. You know, in this circumstance, you have to be wise. You know, we are now administrators. God, you've brought us into this position of being an administrator. And you know, this is the king. You want us to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. It's just to bow once. You know, God, you brought us into this place. And we need to show good example. There was all every reason to compromise. There are simple ways in which we find means of compromise. We give ourselves excuses. It's just this once. You know, I, it's just one drink. It's just one small glass of wine. That's the way we network. They need to, you know, they won't understand that I'm part of them. How do I get that next promotion? You were there when the, when the youth were having a drama the other day. They wanted promotion. Wanted to be in the right crowd. You need to stand out at all times for people to know who, in whom you have believed. You need to stand, you need to be people of integrity at all times. That people would say, yes. This is what he believes in. There's no compromise. There's no compromise. There's nothing wrong with having a glass of water. Don't try to fit in with the things of the world. Strive to fit in with the things of God. We need to spend time. And verse 26, 27 says... The satraps or satraps, which was the right, right pronunciation, satraps or satraps, whichever one. One of the two is either satraps or satraps. <laughs> Prefects, governors, and the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Not one tiny. There was no tiny singe. Their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire. Now that's remarkable. When I said, don't forget what they had on, robes, turbans, and many other clothes. So somehow there must have been a cooler. But the fire removed their bonds, or their bondage. The ropes were burnt. When God does some Remarkable things. When, God, when you have an encounter with God, you have remarkable experiences. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses will be turned into piles of rubble. 
For no other God can save in this way. The astrologers were then in trouble. We want to have divine encounters with God. We need to spend time consistent in prayer, studying in the word, and being prepared to minister unto the Lord. They were ministering unto God in this instance, and they had an encounter. They were serving the Lord, ministering to God in service. They were willing to lay down their lives. Divine encounters bring freedom from bondage. It sets free from all kinds of hindrances, whatever the hindrance might be. Whatever the world shackles you with. By putting their lives at risk, these young men were able to show the reality of their faith. Are you able to show the reality of your faith? And they caused Nebuchadnezzar's eyes to be open to the reality of the true God. The faith of the believer does not have to justify itself before the unconverted. Write this down. The faith of the believer doesn't have to justify itself before the unconverted. Don't try and justify. Don't try and help God. When God approves, it is sufficient. The faith of the believer doesn't have to be justified. Or it doesn't indeed need to justify itself before the unconverted. Stand firm in the God in whom you serve. That confidence comes by spending time in the word, spending time in prayer, and consistently also ministering unto the Lord. One divine encounters with God. We need to be prepared to walk with him. Serve him diligently. I'd like to invite us to rise, please, this morning. Let's rise this morning and just begin to thank God for the things that we have heard. Let's please rise and thank God this morning. Let's just appreciate God and thank Him for His faithfulness. Just ponder your heart and ask yourself, We've read the account of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Would I, would I, would I have done what they did? And let's be honest with ourselves and truthful. Because there was something that caused them to be able to do that at the time. They knew in whom they had believed. They had a relationship with the Father. Be honest with yourself as an individual and ask yourself sincerely, do I know God and do I have enough confidence, that sort of confidence in God that would have enabled me to stand strong in the midst or in the face of such opposition? At a point where my life would have been taken, say, we're not careful, king, to answer you in this situation. Our king is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, what situation are you going through in life that you're at, the, at this moment in time and saying God has not answered? Even if he does not, does it change him from being who he is? What circumstance are you going through in life that is creating that doubt? 
Oh, I've been praying. I've been asking the Lord for this. I've been asking the Lord for that. Have you pondered and asked, even if he does not do those things, does it change him from being who he is? And if there are confessions to, to, to make this morning, if there are areas to re, re, repent of, let's ask the Lord for strength this morning. Let's ask him for strength to serve him. We want to walk with him. We want to live with him. We want to talk like he talks. Is that song that says, I want to work with you. I want to talk like you, Jesus. I want to work like you, Jesus. I want to walk with you. Just ask that the Lord will strengthen you. Ask the Lord to strengthen you this morning. Let's recommit ourselves to the Lord. Let's commit ourselves to the Lord and you fresh and ask that the Lord will strengthen us, help us and guide us in our resolve. Father, we thank you. Lord, we appreciate you for this morning. Thank you for sending your word to us. We go for in the strength of this word to manifest your glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord.